Mescalero. As you probably know by now, you're listening to a podcast. We give a chance for some of the unique stories out there um, to be heard and, if anything, inspire our community. Three, two, one, action. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Riding on the Wall podcast. I go by the name of Chris Frizzell. We have Blue Shindle in the building. And today we have a special returning guest. Everybody give it up for Gabe Aguilar. How you doing, Gabe? I'm doing well. It's good to have you back on the show. Thank you guys for having me. It's always an honor to be here with you guys. Nice. So to all of our listeners out there, we appreciate all your messages, all your comments, and all the questions that you've uh submitted and asked us about so we won't beat around the bush we'll get right into it so gabe i want to ask you uh first off why do you think you're the better candidate to run the mescalero apache tribe in 2024 well thank you chris for that question you know um i've been thinking about it a lot you know ever since i didn't run in 2021 you know i sat back and took some time to reflect you know and what could i've done better what what should i have done you know, through COVID and everything, you know, I kind of feel that it was unfair to me as a leader because during that time I was saving lives, protecting our tribe. You know, I feel that um, I didn't get to focus on what I wanted to do on the community. You know, what, you know, everybody knows I'm big for the kids. Everybody knows that I love to do community events. I love to be part of the community. So this time... You know, I've I made a name for myself and the tribe, you know, by going out there and meeting, you know, our congressional folks, you know, our people in D.C., our people in Santa Fe, you know, and being back on council this year, I see a lot of them and they're excited that I'm running and I'm telling them, you know, this time I want to do something great in the name of Mescalero. Mm-hmm. I want to do something great. I want to I want to focus like on I was walking through like our our um Head Start. Head Start's been there since, I want to say, the 80s. Yeah. You know, to, to build a couple of new Head Starts, you know, to um, focusing on. I was looking at our, our schools, our high school. You know, our high school is outgrowing itself. We're getting a lot of kids back in Mescalero. So I was kind of thinking maybe we should um, give the school that we have right now to the elementary and below and build a new high school and middle school with their own gym so that the kids don't have to share. Wow. Have it close right next door. But just focusing on something positive for the community because by um by knowing what to go, knowing what to do, you know, I know the job, I know the rules, I can hit the ground running and do something big. That's awesome. So a, a big question we always get is uh, transparency. And uh, one thing the tribal members want is they want to be able to see the council meeting. So what w- my question to you would be, what will it take to get live streaming on our council meetings and when? You know, everybody's always talked about live stream. A lot of people, you know, it, it'll take the, the right equipment to film. You know, a lot of places have done live stream. We've talked with tribes. They're afraid of somebody interfering with meetings and stuff like that. But there's ways that you can live stream and allow people to watch. I'm open to live stream because live stream, it'll allow people to see 
what their leadership is doing. You know, if I I got to keep it professional in there. If somebody says, oh, they're talking about us in the council meeting, they're doing this and that, by live streaming, there's no hiding anything. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when you're live streaming and when you're in a meeting, you want to keep that professional mentality. Yeah. You know, can I count, call on council member Blue Shendel, councilman Chris Frizzell? Can I, whichever one raises their hand, you call on a professional, you know, say, okay, you, you take a professional vote. You know, you do it the proper way so people can see it's not hidden behind closed doors because, you know, I think people get the wrong perception of council meetings and subcommittee meetings. You know, subcommittee meetings are when you meet with departments to help them process a grant, you know, or help them find funding or something that they're in need. But council meetings is when you come together, the president, vice president present an agenda and the council will be there and they'll take a vote whether they believe that the president or the vice president has ha- has the right meaning what should they should do for the tribe so i think live streaming should be asap but our council room is very small it is very small what i was thinking we probably need a new council chambers i don't know if you ever been to redoso village council no they have their council all in front. They uh-huh. have somebody filming in the back. Okay. But they allow people to sit in there also. They're allowed to listen. But then they'll allow for public comment five minutes before the meeting starts. I see. <clears throat> do, do we have to stick to um, just being like, let's say, let's say we don't have the funding or it's just not in the cards to make a new chamber. Um, would, you, would you even be opposed to having the meeting somewhere else just to support transparency? Yeah, I mean, we have all the room at the end of Mount Gods. Right. Uh, that, I, I was just thinking along the, the same lines, and um, this, it seems like there's other areas to have to have these discussions and stuff like that. But um, I, I don't know exactly. You know, you we got a lot of people coming in. We got a lot of um. This podcast is changing directions with what we started it as, but um, everyone we always ask that same question: um, transparency and how do you approach it? Um, but then you know the the most common answer that I'm seeing now is like. Well, our chambers are small and stuff, but why, why don't we just like have it somewhere else? I, I don't know. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, that, that leads me to um, kind of just like wonder if, and, I, and I'm not trying to be rude or anything, but may, maybe some council members don't want to do it and no one else is pushing because you kind of have to stand behind what you said, you know, or, or you, made, you made a call and you raised your hand for that vote and now you're held accountable. A hundred percent, you hit a hundred percent because say, say that the president or the vice president or somebody's pushing for a dividend and say the dividend might be a little higher, a little smaller. There's been times where people have voted no. And then they'll go out and say, well, we voted yes. You know, there's times that, um, you know, when it comes to big, big, um, big, big questions in there. You know, like what should happen in the tribe? People don't want to let people know how they vote because it's not a popular vote. You know, sometimes they don't want to be the bad guy. But by actually having live stream, it would show the people how I act, how they act, and how you carry yourself. Because I think one thing that you missed on that is that people might not know how to talk. You know, public talking 
it takes it takes a lot of practice you know it takes a lot of courage to get out there and get on that because when you live stream you're gonna we're all gonna have a mic in front of us where we have to we have to click on and you say and then you say well this is my opinion of why this or this shouldn't happen will the council have to vote on that like if you guys bring it up okay we're gonna live stream the next meeting will the whole council have to make be agreed to it or yes so is, is that why it hasn't happened yet or what no they, they voted on it but so the equipment that they're ordering you know i i honestly i'm, I'm not the administration so the council voted on it they're waiting on the administration to get the equipment mm-hmm. to put in there but to me people are saying why can't you do it with your cell phone or why can't you do it with the you know a camera you know why, right. can, why right. can't you live stream so between us and the people listening I think that the excuses are running out for live streaming, mm-hmm. so it's it's going to be soon. Right. That uh, that's just probably like um, if I ever talk to anyone that's in passing and, and they're talking about the people that we've had in the podcast. It's it's always like that, you know. And they always mention, well, everyone's been saying it, but it just hasn't gotten done. And I think you're right that the pressure's kind of like starting to build up a little bit. So I'm hoping that uh, we kind of see a solution there. But but, but one thing I want to express is that. When it comes to personnel issues and, you know, jobs and stuff yeah. like that, you know, or say somebody's medically needing help or something, I think that part you got to figure out on the live stream is, you know, most of the times when people come to the council, whether they have cancer, whatever, something's going on, that's a real personal issue between the tribal member and the leadership. So we got to kind of figure out how. You know, okay, tribal members, we're going to go into executive session, to, but we'll show them. We need to show them the agenda. We're going to visit with this tribal member or him or her. Right. And it almost seems a, a, a little bit too easy But if you're going to have a private session and then, you know, hey, you know, we're discussing family matters here. We can't we can't live stream and stuff. And um, now that I've been getting a lot more uh, inquisition about if we can start pressuring you guys to answer that question on transparency, now it's kind of like becoming like more of a goal of mine to kind of like start to dig out. And uh, it's getting hard because, you know, I get, we get council members and we get people running for president that come on the show and we, we don't want to be like the, the grill. We don't want to press you and and bring the heat. But um, since, you know, we've had you on three times and you're, you're pretty experienced in, in the world of politics I kind of feel like you're a better candidate to kind of lean on, um, to kind of bring the pressure. And I hope you don't mind that. It's just, I feel like, um, you know, with my comfortability with you, I can ask harder questions. So, um, I, I hope, I hope you don't take offense to that. Um, moving, um, can I, can I ask him the yeah, next? Yeah. Okay. So, um, I was wondering with your experience in as president before, um, we talked about, you know, like it, it wasn't fair, you know, you, COVID came and, and you did your best and uh, I wouldn't wish that on anybody. Um, but considering, you know, your 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 time in, in before, what what have you done that you're proud of or what, what what can you say that you brought to the table in your last running? So coming back from being the vice president, president, you know, I worked with some of the presidents when we started the, the jail, you know, People can't take credit today for what happened with, with our detention center because that process started in 2017. So it takes time. You know, um, when I was the vice president, it was crazy because I had a tribal member elder 
challenged me to get the swimming pool open again. It had been closed for 12 years. So me and President Bruinger at the time, he allowed me to take it over. I went out there to um, swimming pool people. I went out there and talked, and we found a company that was willing to, you know, I want to say upgrade our pipes and do some things. And we got the swimming pool running for less than $200,000. But the bid from a huge swimming pool company was $1.5 Oh, wow. So one of those, I mean, it's it's one of those things that there's been a lot of things have happened. We have a, a veterans park. Before I left in 2021, we had a veterans park approved. It should have already been done, but it's up to the administration to push the contractors to get on them. It was my job. If they're not working fast enough, it's my job as the president to tell them we're not going to pay you. We don't have time for these change orders. We don't have time. The empowerment building, the contract was done, already signed before I left. But then there's some change orders came in. Two years down later, it's still not together. You know, we um, we were working on remodeling the um, playgrounds in the communities. There's money set aside, but it takes so it's not the council that does the work. It's the administration. It's the tribal administrator. We're out there supposed to be finding bids and contracts. So that's just where leadership comes in. They don't hold a council pro, um, accountable. They hold the president accountable. And that's why when you take this seat, it's all on your shoulders. The whole tribe is on your shoulders. So if you're not out there making this happen, who's going to do it? Because the council is part-time. They only come in for meetings. The president's there every day. He needs to fulfill those contracts. He needs to get there. You know, I'm saying between meeting tribal members, the girls up front counted me meeting with tribal members one time and trying to meet with everybody. 42 people in one day I've seen. I had to be, the line was so long. I had to tell them when they came, I'm sorry, you saw the line. I asked that you, I'm going to ask if we can take it, keep it five minutes because I have so many tribal members waiting to see me, but we have so much business going on. So respect. So they got to the point where they said, Gabe, we have a busted sewer line behind our house. Gabe, we have no water. So I'd write it down. I make a phone call in front of them to say, hey, bring me back a report on why this has not happened to. So but I think a lot of it is you have to take notes. You have to you have to follow up, you know, because tribal members are smart. They'll come back and say, hey, remember what we talked about? What are you doing? What are you doing with it? So it's one of those things that if you don't have the experience because there's times that when contracts come you have to make sure that everything is perfect ran through legal and then it goes to the council and the council approves it but once the council approves and gives a blessing it's handed back to the president it's handed back to the vice it's handed back where it's your turn to execute it your job is to get it done and that's where you have to know your job because if you don't dealing with budgets this year when it came on you usually pass a budget October 1st, ready to rock and roll. We didn't pass the budget till like the end of, about around July. We were on a continued resolution. This leadership is what is needed. You got to sit down. And of course, when you do budgets, a lot, everybody wants raises. You have to go one by one. You have to sit down. It takes time. It might take you two weeks to sit down with every department, but then you get a feel. Hey, there's a leak in the building. Hey, there's furniture is old but you get to understand what your departments need and that's what's needed is a thorough thorough sit down and you got to be willing to give every director at least one hour 
you know, because they can't come in there and say, this is my budget. I want you to pass for me in five minutes. It's, there's just too many questions. So I think along the line, the leadership, you got to know. And there's sometimes there might not be no money, but sometimes there's money and there's money out there from ARPA. There's money out there from grants where I'm, I'm figuring out today is we need a grants department. You know, the tribe has millions, million dollars worth of grants, but who's actually, the accounting's having a hard time because people are applying for grants and there's no names on them when they come in. They have to go ask, was this your grant? Oh, sorry about that. Yes, it was. You know, so there's a lot of things that we're seeing, but some people, the tribe needs a grant person to say, you have the approval to apply for a Nike grant blue. But if somebody applies for it, say it's only 15,000, it comes to the tribe, but doesn't have a name. We have to go around guessing whose grant that is. Wow. <clears throat> so, yeah, um, you have a lot of experience dealing with a lot of the issues that you wouldn't really know unless you've kind of been there. And it seems like you're you're more excited to come back and pick up where you left off because it looks like you, the, when I see the excitement in your face about, like, those issues that you got figured out. Like, I saw you light up just now. You're like, it looks like you have this feeling like, I can do this. I just need to come back. Um, but that's that's great and that leads me to my next question you know you started talking about how you have these long lines of these people that come in and they want to ask you all these questions but there's so many of them and how do you get through them but um, how do you say no to somebody especially if that interest is isn't that interest isn't in the best interest of the tribe so the biggest part is listening you know some tribal members don't know how the how it works you know one of the biggest part is i'll tell you is that when somebody passed away it was a mom there was no will the whole family came in my my office and they're saying we want you to give us this 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 and as the president it doesn't work that way there's a tribal court there's an estate hearing process you know there's people that say you know my brother promised me my land my sister promised me my land but they have kids so people have asked me to interfere, but you can't because the way it's written is if you have kids, whenever something, say if something should happen, it goes to your children. You know, if you don't have any children, it'll go to the mom or the dad and then not the siblings. Mm -hmm. There's there's a process. There's a process of, you know, people will say, hey, Gabe, we, we think the tribe should do this. You know, a lot of people came in and told me, we need our own tribal bar on the reservation. We don't want our people hanging out at Thule. And then there's some people say, we don't want a bar on the reservation. So you got to kind of balance it. You know, what? what's the best decision based on the tribe? Because, you know, a lot of people might throw questions. This is what the Navajo Nation is doing, Gabe. This is what uh, the Pueblo is doing. They see these ideas out there. But at the end of the day, you got to fill it. You got to do your research. Um I had to tell people no. I said, I'm sorry, I can't help you this way, but I can help you right here. You know, there's some give and take where, you know, you can't you can't do everything because a lot of the times when you're the president, I can't do for somebody that I wouldn't do for you or I wouldn't do for you. You have to be fair across the board. And it and it, and it makes it really hard mm -hmm. because some people tell me, well, I'm more I'm more blood than you, you know, they'll say, you know, and it gets really hard. Nobody knows that the president says somebody was calling me names. And, you know, how do you 
how do you get that respect? You know, when somebody's yelling at you and they're mad and they're saying, you know, you know, that you're a half breed or something like that. Yeah. There's, yeah. There's a lot of things that um, I don't know where our tribe has came and went from. But to me, everybody's a tribal member. We got to look out for everybody. But I've seen people where they they felt, you know, that they were more entitled and they should get it why other other tribal members shouldn't i've been thinking about the the half blood thing because you know when i was younger if i was better at anything if i was better at sports if i was better and then everyone looked for an edge they always look for that one little weakness you have and it's like oh well you're just a half blood and then you're like well you know i, I grew up in Pena. i grew up in seaside it doesn't matter then the older i got i realized like you know, you, you can't um, lean on the fact that you were, you were born into something. It's not an accomplishment to be full-blooded. It's a very great thing. It's amazing. And I'm so happy that there are full-bloods around. I wish I was full-blood, to be honest. You know, but that doesn't make you a better person than me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you yeah. know, so I, I hope anyone listening to this um, doesn't try to use that against you as like being better than you, you mm -hmm. know, because how is, you know, blood an accomplishment? Um, you were just born that way. You had no effort into being that. So I hope that you find some my my own personal thoughts on the matter, <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, but um, that that was just a little, a little, little tangent. Um, so you, you're referring to, you know, let's find another solution. Um, maybe we can compromise. Um, I'm sorry, I can't, but we can look at it this way. And then um, let's refer. Um, I, I like how you were, you were referring to um, what, what the tribal code and the tribal law says. You know, we, we can't, you know, blur those lines to make something fit. Um, I, I see your point there. Um, you have to have a thick skin to be in that position and to be standing in front of the people you're saying no to. I can't imagine um, what you've gone through so far. But, you know, I, I hope that you're, you know, if you do make it through this next round that um, you are able to pick up right where you left off because I see the confidence you have and it'll serve you well. Thank you. The next question. Uh, go, go ahead. Um, so, uh, people keep asking is what's the solution for getting homes for tribal members? So right now, <clears throat> it's been a few years in the works. We've been working on some low income housing and this, with this housing, it's going to be like apartments. It's going to be in between A and B side. Mm -hmm. But within those houses, it's going to be for people that have a, that are struggling to have employment. They're homeless. But there's rules with that. They have to seek treatment. They have to try to better themselves. There's no, I believe there's no alcohol allowed. Mm -hmm. These are HUD houses. But these are for the homeless, for the people that don't have no place to go, that are sleeping on the couches. You know, it's it's trying to bring a solution because a lot of our people on a reservation are suffering. You know, something might have happened. You know, and it it's not just us; it's reservations across the world where something happened when they were a kid. You know, where it just it just got them where they don't even care. They want to drink. They want to do this. They want to do that. But you know, they need help. You know, yeah. it's you want to call it like historical trauma. You mm -hmm. know, whatever happened. You know, because that that event that happened to them is so horrible that they it's so hard to bounce back because a lot of the people talk to me. You know, um, I have a lot of stories. I mean, they've people have talked to me in confidence where it's really, really just something things that happen. But because of that, they struggle. They struggle, you know, with trust. They struggle with um, 
you know, alcoholism, you know, because they said, I'd rather just drink my life away. And I said, that's not the way. But they said, nobody cares. Mm -hmm. I care. You know, I tell them I care. Nobody knows this, but between us and the listeners, I've some people were telling me, Gabe, I want to get help. I want to get straight. I put them in my presidential vehicle, and I drove them to rehab, mm -hmm. at least four people. And I told them, you will take them today. Two stayed, and two walked off because they didn't want that stress of being entered through the, you know, you got to go through um, an, an assessment, you know, evaluation you got to go through. And it's a commitment to get clean, mm -hmm. you know, but... If people come to me and they say they really want help, let's go. I'll drive you down there. And this is the things that um, people don't see behind the scenes. You know, yeah. I, I cried with people. I prayed with people. You know, I, um, you know, there's things as a president that you carry because as a president, you're pretty much, you're like the father of the whole tribe. And I just have to say it like that because, you know, people come in and they'll tell you, Gabe, we lost our loved one. First thing you you give your condolences and you tell them, I'm praying for you. How can I help you? How can I be there for you? Because there's nothing I can say that's going to bring them back. And there's nothing I can say that's going to, you know, because all I can, you have, must have compassion. Compassion for your people is one of the biggest things. And, and it's really tough because like lately, you know, from coming back, there's people that didn't really like me. They didn't support me that came up to me and apologized. Mm -hmm. And it was real tough because they did hard. They said mean things, but I still have to. I'm still their leader. And I said, thank you. And, you know, and I shook their hand. And, you know, you got to be able to forgive and forget. Yeah. But you still got to know, you know, that you're here to help everybody. Is is uh so the main plan to get more houses on the res is that is that the HUD that you're talking about or is there more plans in place? So what other tribes are doing yeah. is they're doing it themselves. Mm -hmm. They got to put some own skin in the game. So USDA has reached out to us, and and you know no tribe wants to take a loan for homes, but the houses we're getting right now, a housing director Brooke and another housing director after him. They put that in plan to get these trailers. Yeah. But a trailer might only last 10 to 15 years. It depends on how much you take care of it. Mm -hmm. We need to, we need stick built homes, you know, where I look at A and B side. I look at Pinion. Those 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 homes are built and I won't say hundreds, years and years ago, mm -hmm. but they're still standing. They might not be the best, but they're still standing. Yeah. So we need to build homes. So in order for us to really advance, we gotta do things we never done. If we have to borrow the money to build 150 homes, stick bill homes, and the money's coming from the government at 2% interest, we have to take that chance and we have to do it right. But but what I've seen in the past is we always want the government to give it to us. But what the government's saying now is we don't want to give free money. We want to meet you. Mm. You might have to match us. You might have to do something. So to, in order for us to get the housing we need, we are going to have to do our part to meet them halfway. I see. Everybody knows uh, the Inamount gods is our bread and butter for the tribe. Um, when do you think we'll get that paid off, our debt that we owe? The way it's going right now and the way we refinance, we're, we used to be under bond debt, yeah. you know, where our interest rate was high. Maybe about 9% interest. Mm -hmm. Back in 2019, 
we went under bank debt under BOK Financial. We we were able to reduce our bond debt to about three point five to four percent interest, so we're able to save over fifty million dollars for the tribe. Mm-hmm. So right now we're getting to the point where um, it's our debt's getting low. It's below, it's less than a hundred million. Oh. So I would say maybe in about three years. Three years. We're gonna be seeing, or we might we'll be close to being out of debt. That's awesome. So um, that goes back to the next question. I know everybody always asks me. Yeah. Is Warner Gaming? Yeah. You know, Warner Gaming's here because of our our, um, our debt that we had with the bondholders. Mm-hmm. They made us have a management company. It was in, it was in the contract. But having a management company, you pay anywhere from two to five million dollars a year. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of money that could be going to the tribe. So with our debt coming down so low. Maybe by January to April, we're going to be getting rid of Warner Gaming. Wow. And that's going to save the tribe. The way that things are going after um, COVID, everybody's trying to get out and everybody's trying to gamble. Our numbers are really good at the amount of gods. We're paying close to $5 million a year. So that $5 million can go to build houses. That $5 million can go to do something else. So that's something that's going to be big for the community. The in amount gods will be standalone, no management company. And that's something we've been looking forward to. It's that's it's awesome. it's it's accomplishment where, you know, anybody that loaned us the money, they have this this they have these rules. You must have a management company because we don't trust you to run it by yourself. And it's really hurtful because we've been doing it this whole time. They've Warner Gaming might have one or two people on on property. Yeah. So one or two people don't make the difference of the whole staff. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think that it's going to be a big thing where once we start knocking down this debt more, it's going to be all on us as leaders to lead it. That's awesome. Um, during your campaigning, is there one question that you get more than others from tribal members? Like, um, is there something that keeps coming up? You know, one of the biggest ones is for the kids. Yeah. What can you do for the kids? You know, um, I've, I've been thinking about it. I've been looking at it. Of course, we want to fix all the playgrounds, but, you know, we might have to get creative with the youth. You know, we might even have to ask the youth what we want to, what they would like. You know, um, I've been to many other Apache tribes, San Carlos, White Mountain. When I walked in there, introduced myself in the council meeting, they introduced me, and then they introduced me to their youth council which was pretty cool. They had a use from the different schools all representing as a council. So I was thinking maybe we'd get three or four youth from Ridoso, mm-hmm. three or four from Tularosa, three or four from Escalero that are voted in by their by their schools. And once a month, whoever they, out of those 12 or nine, whoever whoever they put as their class um, youth school, Youth council president yeah. would shadow me, would come to the council meeting. They would listen, and we would listen to the youth and say, what are the students talking about at the school? What are they looking for? Because, you know, um, we got we to do something to keep the kids active, mm-hmm. active so they don't get in trouble. You know, um, we've, we've been talking about it at the school. The school came and talked to us. They're talking about having a little gang problem. Oh, wow. Where people aren't... Um, acting out you know but on the reservation that's going to stop we have to now make rules for 
for things that are not we're not ready for. Yeah. You know, because we never planned for that. So um just like that. So my biggest thing that I've been asked is what are you gonna do for the youth? Mm-hmm. So with the youth, I think that um maybe we should build an outdoor swimming park. Maybe we should we should do something that um more camps, but some people are the kids that talk to me. They're not just about basketball, volleyball, football, track. They're not about just those sports. There's some youth that want um, a band. Mm-hmm. There's some kids that said, we'd like a band at the school. We'd like to have some singing events, you know. Uh, so there's a, art. Art is a big one, you mm-hmm. know, drawing. So it's, it's so funny that there's this young gentleman says, I just, I just love art. And he came to side, and I known him since he's small. Now he's 17. Yeah, but they know me where they can come up and give me suggestions. So, I and and you know, our elderly is very taken care of on the reservation. Yeah. You know, I've I I tell other um, tribes what we do. You know, by supplying them with elders' assistance and helping. You know, maybe we need to do something for the the families too because after COVID, what is I'm what I'm seeing is that um, people stayed away from each other's. Yeah. How do you bring everybody back together as one as a community? So um, people are telling me in the campaign, it, I, I had this told to me a few times is you need to restart Mescalero and everybody needs to start fresh. People need to stop talking about one another. People need to realize we're just one tribe. We're all a family. When we come together for those funerals, we're all loving. We come together for those people, we're all loving. But when we leave there, we don't like each other. Mm-hmm. We got to go back to where we're one, and that respect comes back, you know, because that respect is what kept Apache strong. If we fought like this back in the day and we were fighting against the U.S. government, would have been slaughtered. I'm not going to go back to them. I'm not going to go back to them. You have to be one. You have to be united. But nowadays, people are saying, I don't think you should like this person. I don't think you should like this person without letting the person get to know them yeah. as as themselves. So there's a lot of people that think, I want to influence the community on what and what not to like. Mm-hmm. And that's where somebody has to stand up and say no. And that's what people were telling me is bring our community back together. That's awesome. the, the, the kids is where, where it all begins for me. And um, I hope that uh, we can look into at least some of like the bullying issues. Um, I was I was against my son going to Rodosa school for a little bit, and I was like, I'll fill it out. And then um, people were saying, well, it, at least he doesn't have to deal with the bullying situation in Mescalero. And I'm, you know, th- that's that's a whole another um, topic and stuff. So um, I I hear what you're saying about the, about the gang problem and stuff, and I hope that we can lock that down. And then also um, I want to give a little shine a little bit of light on how Rodoso does it you know with me being against logan going there you know i'm I'm not i don't believe in um controlling him in that way i'd like him to make his choice the way my late grandfather john shendo did for me um and let him make the right choice because uh, mescalero needs to be built up from the inside out and and you can't force people to be there they have to want to be there um and if you if you can work on that and and get that school built on the way and, and eliminate some of the gang activity the bullying um maybe more people be inclined to come to mescalero things like that um so i I think that's great that you talked about that and rudoso does a a great job with their um their native program 
there is actually a native liaison um, that's always there and they and she he or she will show up to the events the the council or the the school meetings that they have and that some of those meetings are hosted in the end of the mountain gods for all parents of um students from mescalero that go to rudoso and um i i really um, thought that was a great program when i saw it and i'm starting to have like a lot more faith in having my son go to rudoso school so um, big shout out to that Redoso Native program, that the ending club that they have on that side. I think that's awesome. They re- they really do support the Native kids over there, and they try to give them a voice at least, you know. But um, well, next next question. Those are the main ones. Those are the main ones. Yeah, those are the main things. That it, it, is there anything I, else that you kept getting messages about? We got we got one, um, and and a lot. I don't know what age groups produce. Um, interest in this question but a lot of people will ask what are you going to try to do or what are you going to do to um how do you say it? like bring the, the language back oh, how, yeah. how are we going to help our, our language come back that's funny you said that's exactly what i was thinking so the liaisons in Redoso, they've been reaching out to the tribe to see if we could um help them with some funding or look for a grant for a, a language teacher for the indian club mm-hmm so we're thinking you know and in mescalero we got our language program we got our language teachers at the school and then we have our library that teaches language we have um we have quite a bit to teach the language but i think we're going to all have to work together you know to um focus on preserving the language like you said because i got a chance to go to albuquerque last week for uh for a youth summit for with all the teachers and schools but at when as they were doing the youth summit, they had you scan a, a flyer. And when you scan it, it showed the other tribes and it showed them they said hello in their language. And they um it said it and then it says, How are you doing? And it showed them and they would play it on their phone, they would put it and they would it would repeat itself teaching the individual how to say the language. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, a lot of people have always been against uh, you know, putting it on computers, putting it, but they, they said, we don't want the Apaches speaking, a non-tribal member speaking Apache somewhere across the states and stuff. But if we don't share it, if we don't do something like the Navajo Nation, they use Rosetta Stone. It's very expensive, but you see how many fluent speakers they have. Yeah. Right. It's, it's almost like if we don't do anything, we're going to lose it because, but we fight, we're fighting ourselves because we don't want to go against tradition. That seems like the hardest one to approach and good luck <laughs> it, it's it's going to be tough you know because um some people have those fluent speakers in their house mm-hmm. that can teach it down some people won't have anybody right so how do you help the people to have nobody you know i think as to be a, a teacher you got to have a lot of patience you know because people are going to say it wrong people are going to make mistakes you know the way you criticize, the way you tell them, or the way you encourage them, the way you do it, that's the way they're going to learn. You're going to have to want them. You know, one thing other tribes have been doing is they've been doing incentive programs. If you come to the language classes, they have the employees, they allow them one hour a day to at- attend a language class when it's available. If you learn this and you test, they're giving away gift cards. <laughs> they're giving away stuff. So tribal members are learning it. But they're really incentives and putting these incentives to help their people learn the language. And mm-hmm. it's real interesting. And sometimes 
how do you get people because you could get frustrated because you know trying to learn spanish in high school yeah. pull your hair out but trying to learn the apache language that's even more it's it's more difficult you know mm -hmm. because you know we, we got those books that they bought into teaching how to write and stuff first you have to learn it before you can you can read it or write it yeah it's thinking outside the box is going to save us but at the same time it's it's going to cause us to have um internal issues with each other um it, it, that's a tough line to try to skate um but i think you're on the right path with uh being you know let's let's incentivize it let's give an hour a day um things like that they um they actually have these really nice books that they've been working on um i got some myself there's um the language program in the mescalero schools they're putting together these volumes so if anyone's interested you can um call a school and ask to speak to um miss njari and i think she can point you in the right direction or get you the books herself um but she gave me a, a few of them i think they're up to like six or seven volumes mm -hmm. and they have a lot of phrases and things so just a little um little plug there um is there is there anything that um you regret it or that you wish you could have done better during your last time when you served as president you know <clears throat> thinking about it you know whenever you're doing some good things and people don't know you know um I tried as hard as I could to do updates, videos. So being the, the lady that helped me for the public relations, we did over 50 videos to keep people updated. But what I realized as a tribal leader is people don't want to hear about it. They want to see it. Mm -hmm. So what I'd like to do and I regret is not putting more things into action. Like we put it like budget-wise action, but not really... You got to start it. You like whether it's construction, whatever. People want to see it to believe it. And as Native Americans, that's how we know progress is going. Mm -hmm. And that's how we know, you know, that things are going. Because when people say, "Oh man, they're doing this, they're doing that, they're doing this," there's a lot of good things going on. Mm -hmm. But if you're just talking about it, you know, because you know, I grew up here too, just like you guys. And people talk to me, and some of my old friends in high school, you know, we're in our forties now, going to be being our fifties pretty soon. Where they say, man, you better do something. You know, you better do something. And we better see it. So my biggest regret is not, it's kind of not like just making it happen. We're just where you, I did a lot of footwork, put it like that. Because after COVID, I got three to three months to actually just focus on stuff before I left office. But, um, you know, during, during COVID, I... You know, I you know it was a hard time because it was a different administration. We we, we worked under Trump. You know, nobody knows this that um, the tribe was fighting with um, people that were trying to give advice. You know, like things that are not the native way. You know, you talk about Coy Griffin. You know, Cowboys for Trump and Amagordo starting trouble on a reservation. You know, it's very tough. Things like that that. You know our tradition culture you know um you know i i think back you know if i had the opportunity as a president no COVID, my goal would to be redo the whole feast grounds redo it all and redo the stands and make it really nice for our people to use our guests to use you know um you know i 
I, I've always thought about this. Like, what what should I have done? But you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna show it. I'm excited because I'm not gonna tell everybody what I want to do. They're gonna have to find out. But I have went to DC. I have put in the work. I have put in the time so that people can know my name, so that I can do something big for this tribe, for our tribe. You know, and I'm gonna get out there with, if I win. I am going to surprise the people because I already know that's what the people want. You talk about change, you're going to see it, you know, because during COVID, I mean, it's, it's just like we were in this roller coaster closing down. You know, I was getting criticized left and right, no matter what you do. Shut down the inn for five months, you know. People don't know behind the scenes. Everybody was on furlough. We had big positions that weren't. They were about to leave that we needed. You know, it's just, it was it was a nightmare. And people don't even know behind the scenes, you know, when people were passing away, I was meeting with the family secretly. You know, I was talking to them. They were calling me. I think me and my wife talked. I had four phone calls of deaths after midnight, 2.30, 3 o'clock to wake up. Gabe, we lost him. We lost her on the ventilator. Family, I took the phone calls, praying for them, talking with them. You know, these are things that no president, I don't think, has done, you know, because it's 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 more it's a relationship. It's it's an interaction with your people, no matter who they were. It, and that's what I think why I bring is I'm more personable when that child was missing, 11 year old. The police called me at one o'clock. I got up got dressed, got in my vehicle and drove to the hunt lodge, started with them, started calling departments to get out there. And we searched till nine o'clock till we found them in the morning. I didn't get no sleep. I went and bought coffee for the whole staff. I bought breakfast burritos and I told them, thank you guys for all that showed up. But I don't think there's been that leadership because Blue, you being in military, we always got to lead from the front, even if it's scary. You know, even in the COVID, I was out there. My wife says, should you really? What if you get sick? What if you? What if it happens to you? But that's the risk we sign up for. That's the risk we know as leaders. This is what we have to do because if everybody gets scared and everybody runs away, who's going to lead us? All the decisions I made, people should have known, seen the options. Mm -hmm. You know, there was not many options. You know, so how do you keep people safe? How do you fight a virus? Because if I would have done nothing, we would have lost a thousand people. Mm -hmm. But you I mean thirty-three was a lot. One was a lot. You know, so I I made it to almost every funeral. You know, I, I I carried a lot of burden for the tribe. I carried a lot. People don't don't understand, but you know, I I healed. I'm a human being, and that's why I'm coming back. Is I'm. I'm going to surprise the people where I'm going to make them proud. I'm going to make you guys proud. I'm going to make everybody proud. And I'm, my goal, my number one goal is to put mescalero in the top. Number one, I want to, you know, one of the most frightening, frightening times for me was when I had to talk on C-SPAN. You know, it was for the farm bill. President Blazer at the time sent me, and we went down. I was waving to our leadership that was up on the, they were on the top of the balcony. I was downstairs with, uh, it was Congressman Ben Rillihan now. Now he's Senator. And I got to speak while they were filming. 
and I got to talk for a tribe, but I didn't get no sleep the night before because I just knew I never been on TV. I never, you know, I never felt that, but I just knew I had to do good for my people. I practiced. I read my speech a hundred times. I did my bullet points. I've, but you, that experience that it gave me, and it's a piece of cake to walk in there and talk with the governor, walk in there and talk with the tribal leaders. You know, I got that respect where I got to be the number one speaker when it was COVID with the governor, Indian Affairs. I opened up the whole meeting, which was an honor because the Navajo Nation is bigger than us. And the Pueblos were okay with Mescalero because it's one of those things is when you get to know people, they know who you are. And and I just I just feel that if the people believe in me, I'm going to surprise them. I'm going to do good. I know they need help. I've always been a giver. I know dividends is a big thing. I know it. Like when I was on in 2013, they would talk about the older ones that passed on. Is that when Wendell Chino used to talk about is when they came for the 4th of July, they don't want our kids to be running around in old clothes. They want at least two outfits, maybe some shoes, and that's and maybe some money to buy some of those little toys at those stores. I've I've heard it. I've heard I've heard what they said, and it's same thing for back to school. Our children, whether they go to boarding schools, whether they go to Mescalero or Dos Artuli, they need clothes. They need help. The parents need that extra push. They need that push because that's the pride we have as tribal members. And for Christmas, the Christmas is the one that they always talked about is where, you know, mom and dad are not in the picture. You know, they might take it off and left the kids with grandma, grandpa, aunt, uncle, where are you? That extra money was to help grandma make sure that our tribal members have a good Christmas. Mm-hmm. So I've, I've learned this. I've known it. You know, I've been there. I've listened to many opinions. I've, I think it, you know, I'm, I, I feel that in my heart that it's just, I think things are going to work out great. And I feel that, like I said, I'm going to surprise people. Mm-hmm. Do you um do you ever have any uh, interest in legalizing marijuana on the reservation? You know, right now it's legal all around us. So one thing I'm kind of struggling with is that um, you know, somebody can buy it off the reservation and they come to the reservation, it's it's illegal. Mm-hmm. So if a BIA is writing a ticket or arresting somebody for marijuana, it's taking up more time because it's illegal in the state of New Mexico, but it's not illegal on it's not legal on federal land. So I've been watching what other tribes are doing. You know, some tribes they're legalizing on their reservations, you know, because they don't want to punish your people for something that the governor legalized that's legal. So it goes back and forth. But I think that if 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 it came down to it, I'm willing to put it to a vote to the people to see if they're willing to legalize. It. Um, the, the way I always looked at it is um, alcohol does far more damage to the human body, the mind and the family. And, you know, people are using marijuana as um, coping, medicinal, use it for cancer, uh, PTSD, sleep, um, food, uh, if you can't eat, oh, what's it called? Uh, um, there, there's so many uses for it. And, you know, you don't see someone um, smoking or taking an edible and going home and beating on their family and 
driving drunk and crash you probably drive a little bit more careful if you have your blinker on like 100 100 miles back <laughs> but um it's just like you're saying you know it's it's legal all around us you're not going to stop the the reservation from getting it you know they use it to cope they use it to feel better they use it for pains they use it for things like that and that's why i always um am curious and some people i'm not um comfortable asking that question um, but i do find comfort asking you that question um, and then uh, that another question that, that I want to talk about also or another topic. Um, do you have any interest in looking at the education department as far as like scholarships and things like that? I have friends that um, they weren't happy with what happened, you know, and I have friends that say, you know, I was getting this scholarship and all of a sudden they're taking it away off of some whim. Somebody said something and brought it to light. Why would you say I could have it? And then now I can't. And, you know, I saw a lot of issues going on with that scholarship. Do you, do you um, have interest in looking at that? Um, yes, because um, <clears throat> I could tell you the whole story. Last year, the tribal council gave away their powers to the education committee. Mm-hmm. By doing that, the tribal council and education committee didn't have a say on who is approved, who disapproved. It leaves it to the education, and after the education committee, whether they approve or disapprove, it goes to the president. So it skips that step in the council by them not knowing this, by not, not doing this, by them changing the ordinance, it hurt the, it hurt the scholarship people. It hurt everybody applying. Because what the way it used to work is education would take the application. It comes to approval by the Community Service Education Committee. Community Service can say, you know, okay, this is what you're going for. You're okay. They, they usually work with the students. But if, you know, like there's been, I've seen a lot of times where there's been people been approved, disapproved. But the process is right now, they don't even know if they're approving or disapproving. Because I'm, I've, I've had over 20 phone calls. You know, and I had to go and walk into the president, walk into the, the council and say, these individuals need help. What's the process? What's going on? So I think it was a leadership. I, I, I don't want to blame anybody. It's, it's probably a decision that happened that that could have been avoided, you know, because all of a sudden you go where you were actually doing this for, let's say, 30 years. You've been following this process. And all of a sudden, the... The ordinance changes because I want to. There was inexperience. Ordinance changes, and now you got people hurting where they're borderline approval. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Borderline. Does that mean you know it's it's up to the so the decision makers should have been the one approving, right? So it's I, I, I'm willing to go in there and change it. I'm willing to like go back to the way your um, your grandpa did it. Because because they set the they set the standards for the tribe, and I got to feel it and see it this time where people on a technicality didn't get their scholarship. Right, and um, <clears throat> that's that's what I where I get upset is because um, I'm more more liberal with with that than anything. Um, if I was to, if you know, if if I had to be put in that position where it was like dividend or, or scholarships. You'd have to make a tough decision, but, you know, people are educating themselves and hopefully bringing it back. And um, I think the reservation could use, you know, a lot more um, chances at at furthering their education. Uh, Maybe we can have a lot more people with different degrees that can bring more to the table, uh, stuff like that. And, um, you know, just just curious on that because I saw 
I have friends that that had a real tough time with it, and it was it was disheartening to see what they were going through. And um, you know, maybe they had it one semester and did it the next. Now they got to figure it out. You know, and then something that I was also thinking about was you know, um, you know, maybe you have like an 18 year old who's living at home but going to ENMU, but then you have maybe like a single mom who's you know going somewhere far trying to live somewhere far and get a different they get the same amount you know and sometimes i I look at that and i'm like maybe our um, education um, scholarship could be you know re-looked at you know maybe provide different opportunities for people and um that one that one always sits close to my heart especially you know my my late grandfather john shendo he's all about education that was a big goal of mine because of him and you know i I sit on that issue a little differently and and i think that as as the president, you should call in the individual and speak with them and speak with them to hear their concerns. Because from what I'm hearing, nobody listened to them. They're, they don't even know which way to go. It's not the education department's fault. It's, it's, it's the ordinance to change. Mm-hmm. So if you're telling them, follow this, if you don't follow this, you're wrong. But not knowing what's happened all over the years. Mm-hmm. You know, there's been times that people have been put on probation. There's been times that people have been given chances. And, right. And, there, and there's chances. And, you know, sometimes people have a hard time. And you're right because, you know, um, people are trying to better themselves and they want to go out and get an education, but they jump through hoops trying to get that scholarship. They don't. They start school two months without getting it. Right. It's your job as the president to work with the departments to make sure that those checks are ready. Right. And, you know, that happened to me before where I was like, where is it? And um, I think it was the very one of the very first times I met Eddie. <laughs> um, I was like angry in the front, like, where's my check? I need, I've been in school. And he went inside and he, you know, looked around and he found it. I don't know where it was sitting, but um, he helped me that day, you know. And uh, I think... Um, we, we, we do need to try to at least, like you're saying, educate like a lot of the people that are going and let them know, like, here's what's going on. And here's when you should see a check and here's when you should expect it. And, you know, at least let them know why you didn't get it or you're, you might not get it next semester. Let's, you know, keep let's protect these guys from being heartbroken and trying to trying to go to college. And, and I think the, the application process, as I look across other tribes, we should put it online mm-hmm. and everybody submit it so that you can know what was submitted. Right. So you can't say I lost your paperwork. Mm-hmm. We we got to get out the old old days where we're all paperwork, and actually get in there with our computers. And we got to come to the we got to we got to come to the new times, and move forward and not be afraid of technology. Uh, I'm guilty of the whole paperwork <laughs> thing with uh, Ruta. Uh, she would call and she's like, "Dude, if you don't get in here, I'm gonna have your butt." get your paperwork in you know and i'm like if only we had it online <laughs> and i don't have to come back to turn it in you know uh stuff like that but that would be great that would be great um did you want to move on to the- um yeah your time your whole time on council vice president president back on council is there something that you're more most proud of your accomplishments that you can talk about <sighs> you know what I'm most proud of is is just being with the community, being mm-hmm. out there. I mean, I'm going to tell you, you know, everything that gets done is a team effort. You know, I can't, as a president, I couldn't do nothing without the tribal council working as a team, no matter 
who they were the 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 vice president you know if you don't if you don't know your job like say i really was passionate about something yeah but the council didn't like it how do you convince them to for it to be a great idea so you know what i've always done is as i got the people to back me so one of my proudest thing is i've always had the people's support mm-hmm. and that's like i read a book of Wendell chino window chino had majority of the people's support so that's why I'm, I'm honored that i've had the opportunity to lead one of my biggest accomplishments to be was winning so many terms in working hard for the people and allowing the people to I'm at the feast, I'm at the football games, I'm at the basketball games, and somebody might have, something might have happened, they might not have got their scholarship, and they walk over to basketball game, Gabe, can I talk to you? Take five minutes out for them and tell them, okay, come by my office, let's see what we can do to help you. Anything, so I became more approachable where I didn't have to, when people would, and you know what the craziest part is? Yeah. Facebook, people were messaging me and saying, Gabe, we have no water, no electricity. So I was making those phone calls before it blew up, I was taking care of, uh, there was a car wreck. There was a robbing. People were, tribal members were reaching out to me, giving me info where I knew something was already happening. One of my biggest accomplishments is just doing teamwork with the people. My biggest accomplishment was bringing the community together for COVID. Mm-hmm. For COVID, I'm going to tell you is, you know, um, you're fighting an invisible enemy and we didn't take it. We, you got to take it serious. But if you don't take it serious, people would pass. So until we lost our first person, it was really tough because how do you how do you get people to believe that this isn't a hoax until something bad happened? You know, so my big one of the biggest things is bringing everybody together, delivering food boxes to every home. Um you know, working with the state of New Mexico because our tribe got a big award for COVID from the governor. And um, I was up there and they were saying, Mr. President, how many shipments of food did Mescalero get over the pandemic? Mm. About 15 from the state. Mr. Governor from the Pueblo, how many did you guys get? One. And they said, well, okay, well, how did Mescalero get that many? I said, well, through my service and through the connections that I know people, through the National Guard, they would call me and they would send these food boxes to other tribes. But some of these food boxes were like back in the commodities, you know, canned goods. A lot of people, they gave them a thousand, maybe only 15 people received them. Nobody else wanted them. They saw them. We took them. We handed them out. We weren't too proud to not take them so everything we got them were one time it wasn't food box it was a donation where they said call shamrock and tell them what you want i remember the day that we bought i think it was close to maybe 500 hams and 500 briskets yeah when people saw those briskets i mean they were like going crazy because we were trying to share it within the whole community but somebody wanted two or three but we were trying to tell them it's one per person but it was it was a good thing, you know, and you know, being there because in order to be the president, you got to be a people person. Mm-hmm. You got to be a people person. You got to be approachable. You got to know how to 
interact. And that's my, one of my biggest thing was interacting for my people to get the supplies, to get the food, to do the job that had to be done. And, you know, um, I, you know, I always tried to credit my staff. I credit my staff. I've always tried to do um, employee appreciations. I try to do things, but I always had, always had to credit the council. I always had to credit them because I couldn't do nothing without them. I, yeah. and, and, and as being the president, I seen, I mean, being on the council, I seen people where they tried to work with them and they couldn't work with them. So they tried to do it by themselves and you can get in trouble. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't, you got to follow the rules. And if some if you can't convince your leaders that it's a good idea, then maybe it's not a good idea. But they've always said, be prepared. Like I would I would tell the let me tell you this, I would tell the council what the meeting was the night before. They would go home, they would listen. They were already waiting for questions for me in the morning. Yeah. I didn't go in there and slide on things and this is what we're talking about. You know, there's times that I had my agenda. Before I even finished the meeting, it was all over social media. How much stimulus we're getting, how much relief we're getting. Much again, before I even left, the, things were getting leaked out left and right. But it was okay because I was prepared to answer any question that anybody had, any council member had any, because I, I allowed them. One time they said, we want the agenda before the meeting, the day before. Yeah. And they can go home and study it. And they were, so you're writing notes and you're, nowadays that doesn't happen. We don't get it to the day of. But by having that transparency to your council, by having not being afraid to go into, you know, a debate, a debate can happen in the council meeting. This is why I think this should happen. This is why I think that should happen. And you know, the reason why they have a council is it's eight different personalities under. If you can't convince five, that you're right, and then it's not going to go because majority wins. Majority wins, and if you don't understand, you could get mad and say, they don't want to work with me. They don't want to do nothing. You have to get creative, and you have to work together. And that might be educating somebody on something that's so important. You know, like right now, if I was the president, I would have I started, I would have declared war on diabetes. Mm-hmm. I would declare war on diabetes mescalero because after COVID, you'll see how many people, including myself, that packed on pounds sitting on the couches. We have to teach how to eat healthy, how to exercise, how to control your blood sugar, how to control your high blood pressure. We have to do this. Mm-hmm. We have to. And, and the thing is, that's that's the that's the experience you know, of, of executive orders and stuff. Executive orders are from the president saying, you know what? I'm going to put this on fentanyl, mm. you know? I mean, you could do what you ever, whatever you think you have to do to protect your tribal members. Yeah. And that's, and that's what it is. And it's, it's a, it's a hard job. I mean, I, I was going to tell you guys as a president, a hundred, hundred phone calls a day, mm-hmm. hundred texts, email, but that's the job, and it's a fast-paced job. And if you don't like to talk to people and you don't like people to bug you, you shouldn't be in leadership. Yeah. Because that's – and the, the funny part is I was remembering the 
the people rode me hard. They had high expectations. My phone number was posted on at the tribal offices, my cell phone. Wow. How many other people's are posted on there? So people could text me and I would say, can I ask who this is? And the expectations were high for me. I was bringing basketball camp, volleyball, baseball. You know, I was bringing all these, the expectation was high for me, but I didn't see the expectations for other prisoners. But that's okay because that keeps me on my toes and that makes me want it more, want to work harder because nothing should come easy. Yeah. Nothing should come easy. And I think that if the people believe in me, like I'm telling you, I'm gonna I'm gonna go seek funding. I'm gonna go do something. I'm gonna but I'm gonna do it, and I'm gonna push. And these next two years are gonna be amazing. That's awesome. Um, you're big into your faith and to church. Do you believe that God brought you back to serve as the president in 2024? You know, I've been praying and and I think that everything leading back and just you know when your heart tells you do it do it and it's when somebody's talking to your heart more than likely it's god mm -hmm. and i truly believe that he's telling me to help your people and i shouldn't and honestly i'm going to tell you guys the truth i should have never probably left but i would have been really tired you know because after covid i'm going to tell you we lost a hundred and i think six people in 2020 we budget for 28 to 30 people to pass a year because our we, we we would do the numbers about 25 people would pass a year tribal members but that year i went to over 100 funerals yeah and and i like i say it's it's not an easy job but i mean i truly believe that if if somebody something wouldn't have spoken to my heart in my in my mind i wouldn't be running but i feel that you know, I feel that something good's gonna happen. Mm -hmm. And um, the whole time I was in prison, I was praying more than I was at war. You know, I've, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a veteran of Iraq with the Marines, a veteran of army in Afghanistan. I prayed more during that, this COVID and presidency than I did when I was overseas. Wow. So I, I truly believe that I am where I'm supposed to be. Nice. Now, now that we came across like most of the, the the bigger questions and stuff, and um, do you you know kind of open up the mic a little bit? Do you have anything, any topics that you want to hit on before we close? You know, I had a, I had some elders come and talk to me, and you know they want openness, they want leadership, they want kindness they want they're telling me that you know the things that have been going on with the tribe there's been some things that made I want to say like people might start negative social medias and stuff like they want that to stop they want people to um, respect one another who gives you the right to to say this, whether somebody told you this, this and that, whether it's true or not, but you just say it. They, the people, they, what they're saying is they want it to stop because that's not who we are. And um, listening, like I said, the reset button, stop everything and move forward. You know, so I've been, I've been thinking about it, been praying about it.
And that's exactly what I'm going to do. I'm not going to entertain anything that's negative that's going to about the tribe. I'm going to move forward. And for the people that want to say stuff, if it makes them feel better to talk about somebody, if it to post something about somebody, if it makes them feel good about themselves, so be it. But I'm not going to be in that because the way it works is everything comes full circle. Mm-hmm. Because you can't go around and tear people down and try to live a positive life. And in order to be in leadership, you have to, have to lead with, you have to be humble. You have to be, you have to have humility. You have to be strong. And you have to have compassion. And, you know, and and the biggest thing is you need to have faith. Yeah. You have a you have a strong candidate to go against. We had the opportunity to speak with Thora. She's an amazing woman. She's incredibly smart. Um, you know, and, and I think uh, we had mentioned with her if she would be interested in a debate, and she said she would like that. It hasn't been done before. You know, mm-hmm. speaking on things that you're saying like I want to do things that haven't been done before. You know, are you um, are you up for that opportunity if we were to get that debate scheduled soon? I would say yes. I mean, no problem. I mean, I have a lot of respect for Thora. You know, I work for her. You know, I think that the people would like to hear. You know, I've I've been through debates. Nobody knows this, but they held it at the schools in 2016-17. They actually got all the candidates, the eight council member candidates up there. Mm -hmm. At the time, I was running for vice president. So they brought, I think it was me and the late Pete Kaji, we mm-hmm. debated, and then the, me and the late um, Freddie Catazzini debated, mm-hmm. you know, and then the presidents debated, you know. But it's, 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 it's been done in the school. It's, it was, it makes it tough because, um, you know, I think that some people that were there, some of their supporters were there, and they were saying things. But it's, it, it's, it's not undoable. Everybody hearing what. I think what you guys are doing today is amazing because people are hearing what we're going to do, you know, and the questions will probably be the same or close to it, but a debate would it'd be open, mm-hmm. you know, because I think that the people want to hear, they want to hear you give a speech because I'll tell you to get, you want to know what the biggest thing I did as the president and it caught, caught me off guard is whether I went to Santa Fe, whatever they said, president Aguilar, we need the Mescalar Apache Indian Reservation to give the invocation. And you have to pray in front of all these tribal leaders. And I've done that over 20 times in one year. So before I got a chance, so I, went, I would pray for, for everybody. But then I would get to give my speech later, mm-hmm. you know. And, you know, I'm, I'm open to it. I mean, it's... It's 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 open. I th- I think it would be a, a healthy discussion, and that's that's what um, me and Chris want to promote. It's just the ability to have um, opposing sides have healthy discussions, and it doesn't need to be where one's tearing the other down. It can just you know we're going to start off small with this, and um, you, you you mentioned it's been done before, um, and you're right. We we didn't know. I didn't know. Um, I think we want to live stream it if we can get this put together. 
Um, we are definitely intending on putting one together. A lot of um, our listeners, that's like always like the idea fairy. It's like, you guys should do a debate. You guys should do a debate. People want to see it. And um, with with Thora being um, your opponent, she I think she would be the perfect person to start this with because, um, she, you know, you can tell just, just by speaking with her for a few minutes, she's not malicious. Um, she, she wants to speak in, in the best interest of the people. I was very, um, uh, I felt very comfortable with her. I think you guys would just um, hit it off with that debate and that discussion, that environment. I think it would work. I think it would work. Yeah. And I also mm-hmm. think you should maybe consider getting the vice president candidates also. Mm-hmm. Because that role is very, it's very crucial. It's very important too. You know, because it's say if, like I always, always tell everybody, say, who should you vote for? You know, vote for who you think, if you needed help, who would help you, you know, and who can represent you. And that's that's the way I feel, because sometimes when the president's gone, the vice president's in charge. Mm-hmm. You know, whether I've seen vice presidents make decisions and put people back to work, do this and that, but that's their acting. So, I mean, it's a big position. If mm-hmm. there's a tie at the tribal council tables, four and four. The vice president makes the break tiebreaker. He can go yes or no. Mm-hmm. But it's a crucial position that's overlooked. So I think having the vice president in a, in a debate, too, would be awesome if they would do it. Because I think that leadership from now on should stand up. Mm-hmm. And they should speak. Like, I, I'm going to tell you right now, if I get elected, you'll have a video before your first week in office. I will have a video up. I will, you know, I haven't thought about other things, you know. I think that you, as a leader, you should have at least two videos a month, you know, to, to let the people know because, like, things like the government shutdown, you know, there's other tribes in Las Cruces trying to be established, state-recognized, which can hurt us because if they get state-recognized, they'll go to get federally recognized, which they can try to build a casino, and they can take all our tourists over there. Mm-hmm. So things like this, and we're dealing with Fort Sill Apache tribe. You know, if Fort Sill gets that casino in Deming, they're going to set a precedence where they can have two casinos in two different states. But they're also going to take our guests from El Paso, Las Cruces, Deming area. They're going to go there. Mm-hmm. So all these things are some of the things that I'm I'm going because if our people don't have a voice and if the person that wins doesn't know the enemies, doesn't know what's going on, our tribe has the opportunity I don't want to say be invaded to be hurt. Mm-hmm. So we, we got to make sure that we protect our people's interests first in anything we do. We uh, we, we had the, the opportunity to speak with you, you and Thor about it. And, you know, we're doing the interviews and stuff. Uh, I, I don't think I have any um, dis- I have had any discussions with vice presidents or any of those candidates. And, you know, def- definitely welcome uh, to, to be yeah. a part of it if, if they wanted to, I guess, um, we, we just need some listener feedback or something. Yeah. yeah. Maybe we can. So once again, the last, when we interviewed Thor, we asked you guys to send in your questions. If you can all please do that again for the listeners out there. We'd mm-hmm. appreciate that. Yeah. We, and, and I think for that debate, you know, we, we, we'd start off with all the, all the basics. What do you think about this and that? You know, mm-hmm. we, we'll talk about, you know, housing and funding and uh, all, the, all the stuff people want to hear about. Uh, but <clears throat> everybody just needs to be patient with us. This is our first one that we're trying to set, set yeah. up here. And um, I hope we have the time to do it. How many weeks do we have left? We have about two weeks. Two weeks. So we need to do it oh, quick. About, four, about 16 days. November 7th? Mm-hmm. Okay. 
so after November 7th, you know, that's whenever we have our, um, we have the, the victor of the votes. And I think we would need to throw it together what in a week. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I, I hope that we can make those schedules work out and everybody's willing and we can get it done. Um, anything else you want to hit on, Chris? I think that's it. Did, is there anything else you want to talk about, Gabe, that we didn't touch on? <laughs> no, I just want to thank you guys for bringing me on. You know, um, it's it's an honor to be here, and it and it's real. I'm I'm very proud of you guys because from where you guys started, yeah. And I remember we're doing it in the dentist, you know, over there. And we we've done mm-hmm. a, we've done many, you know. But I our people really appreciate it, and um, I would like to see you guys. My goal for you guys is to have your own live stream so that when people come on, they can see the people interact with you guys and the way you guys do it, the professionalism you guys got and just being at home with you guys but thank you you're welcome uh we, we had a break there and we we need a new place to, yeah. <laughs> to record um but yeah I, you know like again we always welcome anybody um this podcast took a turn it, it kind of dove into politics and that, that's fine i'm willing to go for the ride yeah you know chris is too i'm sure Definitely. But, um yeah I, th- I think that that brings us to a close right chris yeah um so we usually end the show with 10 quest- fun questions of the res, but we've already had you answer those. So I guess just to wrap it up, if you want to give any special shout outs to maybe your your family or anybody and um, just remind people why you think they should vote for you. You know, I want to give a shout out to my wife, my daughter, my son, everybody, and my, my parents, my all my family that's been behind me. But I also want to give a shout out to the Mescalera Apache people. You know, to everybody that reaches out to me, gives me advice, prayers, everybody that's been there. Because, you know, over the the last few weeks when a lot of people didn't even know I was running. And, it, and you know, I didn't, I didn't do a big campaign because it's funny because somebody says, we know who you are, you know. And when people go down to the polls, they already know who they're going to vote for. And it's all the way around. They know. Some people will come talk, but I mean, people know. But I'm just, I'm just thankful for people that know me, worked with me. I've, there's been a lot of people I helped through the years that just respect me, and I just, I just thank everybody that supported me because without the support, I couldn't be here all these years to lead. And I, like I said, I owe it to all you to do 100% and to just make everybody proud. And my goal is to speak in Washington and to do like uh, the White House. You know, my goal is to get the opportunity where the tribal members can watch. And as I say, the Mescalero Apache tribe, my goal is to put us on the map and sit on every board that's available that will take me because that's what our people need, just like the late my relatives, like people do ask me, who's your, who's your grandma? Who's your grandpa? My grandma was the late Ollie Chino. My grandpa was Louis Chino. And um, my great grandmother was Amelia Naichi. Mm. You know, so, you know, everybody always asks me on the reservation, but I'm, I'm related to a lot of people and people say, I can't believe I'm related to you, but I'm related. And I grew up with a lot of people here and Everybody knows me and played in sports, played in, but I just, I'm grateful for our community because our community's strong. And thank you. Shout out to everybody on the rest. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you, Gabe. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Once again, thank you for 
talking with it. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you next time here on the Riding on the Wall podcast. Mescalero. As you probably know by now, you're listening to a podcast. You get a chance for some of the unique stories out there um, to be heard, and if anything, inspire our community.